Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us again on Shock Your Potential, my little podcast that I think is changing lives and businesses around the world. I am, of course, your host, Michael Sherlock. And in July, we are talking to some leadership powerhouses, let me tell you, that are helping us to not only define ourselves as better leaders, but really to understand how to become a new and adaptive leader in this continuous changing environment. So my guest today is going to talk about first, well, at least a little bit of her background really uh, strikes a chord with me because I understand these elements of her life and perhaps not just what decided to have her transition into her own business, but that I think there are important lessons for us all to remember. And Jennifer Chapman, she used to be a workaholic. That's her own word that she used to to describe herself. I was going to say against her, but you know, I mean, we all know. And she was always known as the go-to person for getting things done and managing the most difficult clients at a Fortune 500 consulting firm, which means, you know, when you get uh, known for taking care of all those challenging things, uh, you get more challenging things thrown at you. But she thrived in that, especially those challenging situations. And she proved time and time again that she was invincible. Well you know, eventually that's going to catch up with you. And it did for her as well. Both her mental and physical health began to suffer. And many of you can relate to this. Absolutely. And she decided then and there, she was going to create something new for herself, a personal and professional life that actually aligned with, get this, what she valued most, which is really important, which is why a lot of people become entrepreneurs but even more exciting when they know it and they make that conscious choice. But she created the job she wants and set an independent confidence new to herself. And she continues to bring through her authentic self into everything she does. Now, what does she do? This I love is she's an expert leadership coach and she works with STEM managers and their leaders who want to increase productivity and performance by strengthening their confidence and people skills. And I think at the end of the day, we know that when we strengthen those two things, everything is impacted positively from a leader's perspective. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Well, and you know, I love the fact that you tell your story about, you know, burnout. And um, actually I have a, um, a video that I just had on my YouTube channel that we played a couple of weeks ago. And it was, you know, basically for me talking about the same thing about those times when I really burned myself out. And I had three really clear burnouts earlier in my career. And the things that you learn from yourself at those moments are really critical, um, but they can impact how you are as a leader before you figure it out as well. So I'm, I'm real proud of you for doing that. I think it's, it's so, it's, it's always exciting to me to see why people say, okay, I'm, I've had enough. I'm going to do this better for myself, but I hit some of the highlights. Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit more about you and your company and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yes. 
So I am based in Indianapolis, but I grew up in Seattle and spent a long time in Washington, D.C. So I've lived in, in a bunch of different places, and I am a mom. I have two biological children and three uh, awesome stepkids. So we've got a blended family and a new puppy, which is like having another kid. <laughs> so Yes, I, I believe that your puppy's name is Brutus. Did I get that right? Oh, you know what, Brutus, you did get that right, and I need... <laughs> bio brutus actually passed away on christmas eve oh no it was devastating he lived a long happy life um and then we got gus in march i think it was Uh, (laughs) and i do have an old bio i'm sorry yeah no 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 it's my i have it updated (laughs) you know i've been thinking about it but there's just something I get emotional every yeah. time I go to change it because yeah. he was just such a part of my life for so long. I love dogs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, things are really busy and I share that about my personal life because then when you look at my professional life, holy cow, like if I don't have myself together, if I don't have my priorities straight, like there, there's going to be a big problem. Yeah. And so I have a lot of, accountability to myself and to others to make sure I am taking good care of myself. And I look back on when I decided to have have my own business. I actually left my consulting firm on leap day of 2012. And that was a very (laughs) purposeful date. I left. Uh, And the first year and a half was super scary. Um, But then I look back and I think, could I have the life I have now and the flexibility I have and the kinds of clients I want to work with if I hadn't taken that leap back then? And absolutely not. So, you know, it's really cool when you can look back and see all the little things that lined up to make things possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then what, what made you want to get so niche and work with STEM managers and leaders? So when I was at the consulting firm, I had the wonderful opportunity to work at a scientific organization as a consultant. I was on site there for three years and then uh, still consulting for another couple of years after that. And I noticed that I really enjoyed working with all these different kinds of scientists and that some of my colleagues would get frustrated because of the scientists weren't as extroverted and it was a little Mm. harder to get information out of them, sometimes hard to get them to collaborate. And for me, I, it just, it wasn't hard to get them on board. And I think I just have a gift to be able to show those with a more scientific data-driven task-focused mindset, why paying attention to the people side of things or the HR side of things is actually at the end of the day going to help them and their bottom line. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I actually married a mechanical engineer. So <laughs> so we uh, we laugh and say we practice on each other all the time. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I coach him and, and then he helps me better understand how his mind thinks. So it, it's been a really great partnership. And I, I just found... Uh, since I love working in the space and a lot of people haven't enjoyed it as much, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. And I totally get that because I'm like you and my husband's a chemical engineer. Ah. <laughs> Our brains work very differently. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. 
And, but when you embrace that, you can learn from it and both of you can benefit from it, but it doesn't make it always easy. Very, very true. (laughs) So, you know, when you think about, you know, the kind of leadership that you're really dealing in right now is helping individuals to, you know, really take a look in and of themselves. And I, you know, I know that, you know, when you have people that are very technical, that are very good at their jobs and the technical part of, of, of uh, um, those positions that oftentimes when they get promoted into leadership roles, it's because of, you know, their, their individual contributions. So then when all of a sudden you take someone who's done really well like that for themselves, and now they're responsible for other people and may not have that skill set, especially with some, uh, you know, kind of personal interactions that can be really demotivating for people, um, you know, feel very frustrated or, you know, what am I doing wrong? And, and so, you know, as you're working with people, what, and you're trying to help them uncover this part of themselves, you know, what, what are some of the things that they go through in this process? I would say uh, often the leaders come to me feeling just overwhelmed. Mm, Like mm -hmm. I have all these extra things now on my plate. I don't have time to do the work that I love. And all this people stuff is just just annoying or, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't care about stupid conflict that's going on or the (laughs) gossip. Um, And people just need to do their job. And I can totally see that side of it. Mm -hmm. I'm very task focused as well and and sometimes I'm just I'll just plow through, <laughs> leave the bodies in my wake, or at least that's <laughs> how I used to be. Uh, yeah. And and then what happens there, though is if you keep hanging on to all these responsibilities and you don't shift what your perspective is as you move up in an organization, you will absolutely burn out. Burn out. You will feel overwhelmed all the time. And the reason why is because you aren't meant to hold on to everything. And mm-hmm. so I get I start working with these leaders who are the, who are just frustrated. They're not liking their job. They don't really know why. And then we start talking about well, what let's talk about everything on your plate. And I often have my clients organize their duties and responsibilities into what are the tasks that energize you and then what Ah. are the ones that deplete you of energy. And then what you want to do is you want to delegate the things that drain you and try to get as many of those things off your plate so then you're left with the work that you love. Mm-hmm. But then delegation, of course, is an art form. And right. some people say, well, I delegate and doesn't get done on time or doesn't get it done the way I wanted to. And and then you get into some more unique nuances there. Like, is it a matter of not delegating as clearly as you could? Or is it maybe not matching the task to the person's own interests and expertise? Or, you know, is it that you start to delegate, but then you're, you become micromanager and that is really aggravating to people. So, and that's what I love about coaching. I used to do a lot more training, delivering workshops. So I could talk for an hour easily on delegation, but I love the opportunity to find out from my specific clients, okay, where is this breakdown occurring? And then Mm -hmm. let me help you personally to get to a place where you feel confident delegating and then make you're making room for the work that you really love to be doing. Yeah, and it's so many great points that you made in there. Um, you know, I love it when people um, 
say, you know, well, I'd love to delegate, but you know, nobody's going to do it as well as I can, or it won't meet my expectations. And that's a really, it's actually a focus point of, of uh, my first book, but it's, it's really, it's an incredibly important milestone for any leader to get past, to recognize that sometimes people aren't going to do it the way you do it, or they might not do it to your expectations. Now, if they have a poor outcome, poor quality of work, that's one thing. But if it's 80% as good as you would have done it yourself, and you got it off your plate, and now you know how to train that person to do it or something else better the next time to get to 85% of the way you do it, then you are making incredible progress. But it's so hard for people to let go Mm-hmm. especially people who are very analytical, they're very, you know, uh, driven by those outcomes. You know, it's, it's hard. It's like, you could, you feel like sometimes you're trying to unhinge their fingers, you know, prying them off the <laughs> control. But if I can just get your fingers off, you'd be so much happier. But once you get them there and they start to operate that way, they, they don't ever go back. They don't want to. Exactly. And th- I think one f- frame to keep in mind is whatever you say yes to, you're saying no to a whole bunch of other things. And the opposite is true as well. Sometimes we have a hard time saying no, but if you think about it by saying no to this, I'm saying yes to this other thing, then it makes that it makes the whole process so much easier. And I find it a lot easier for my STEM leaders to let go when they can keep their mind focused on what is it that I want? And then these things that I'm doing are going to help me have more of it. And it, mm-hmm. and it works that way. Absolutely. Every time if, if a leader is willing to shift their mind and look at what do I want to keep on my plate? What do I want to let go? Every single time they end up happier. Yeah. I think that's really important. You can, you know, when you get people to see what their own carrot is, you don't decide on that carrot for them and they acknowledge it and say, this will help you to be able to clear time for that and get rid of some of those things that are making you crazy right now. I can see how that automatically would change people's desire to uh, let go just a little bit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, and I think another thing that has been really instrumental in shaping who I am as a leader is when I worked at the large consulting firm, I was often asked by the people above me, who's my second team Mm. and who are the people that I'm training to take my place? So when I get promoted, there's someone right there to take the lead and someone behind that person to take that spot and so on. And when you look at your workload and you look at your team in that way, it's it's a really different experience then to prioritize and look at, okay, what do I need to be teaching these people under me so they can one day take my job? And I'm not yes. going to be threatened by them learning what I know because I'm preparing for something above where I'm at right now. And, and it's really cool to see that line of succession happen. And that only can happen if you delegate and empower your staff. And I, I was smiling earlier when you talked about, um, you know, letting go of your way of doing things that I found, I find a lot in the science industries and in the tech industries, there's usually one right answer. There's one right way to get from point A to point B. It is black and white and so forth. And it's not that way all the time in other th- other th- 
things yeah. in other fields. And so if you can think of more about what needs to get done instead of how it needs to get done, you'll be able to empower your direct reports with so much more autonomy. And as they have those experiences, their confidence increases and they're grateful to you for giving them those experiences. And that in turn will result in having a very loyal team working for you who will do anything to meet the deadlines and mm. be high performing quality work, which is what everybody listening to this podcast right now wants. Absolutely. I love that. When you focus on what needs to be done versus how it needs to get done, then you start to shift. I love it. You know what? We're going to take a very quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Jennifer Chapman. And I love the concept of, of what you're doing. And again, like I said in the beginning, just the, kind of this specialty niche because, you know, people, there's not a one-size-fits-all kind of, uh, uh, you know, leader. There's not a one-size-fits-all kind of industry. You know, we're still human beings dealing with human beings. But I do see greater challenges with a lot of people who are more analytically minded, who are more technically minded in terms of leadership, just because it's not always the, those, you know, what we refer to now as the softer skills, uh, you know, of people leadership and people management don't always seem to come as easily. Yet I have also known really highly technical people that have done really, really well because that doesn't mean they're not, you know, people you know, people, people all the time, but because they can really inspire trust and, and confidence in their team by how they lead. And, um, so I, I think it's great to, um, to consider, you know, how each of us operates, you know, how our minds work, what, what are our own individual challenges that get in our way? And it might not be the same as the people that you're working for, but it might be, it might be the same. It might be completely different, but each one of us has our own triggers and our own faults that we've got to look at in order to get better. Definitely. And I was talking to my husband the other day, my mechanical engineer husband, and he was talking about their his company has been growing a lot despite the pandemic. They've been doing a lot of hiring and it's a tough market right now. There mm -hmm. are more jobs or I'm sorry, more people looking for jobs than there are yeah. jobs. Right. And so when you're one of 100 people applying for a position, often when you look at your resume compared to 10 other people's resumes, they're going to be very similar. And my husband said that what's making the, the what the deal breaker is in offering people positions are these soft skills, these mm -hmm. people skills, because if the intelligence and accomplishments are the same, that's going to be the differentiator. And I think a lot of people who've gotten to the point where they've gotten in their career without worrying about it are now finding themselves in order to be competitive and to be employed, yeah. you've, you've got to, stop and think about, 
your interactions and also your your own the way you feel about yourself mm -hmm. i worked about a year ago with a client who had been promoted to the next level among a group of peers and what she'd beat out two peers for this job and one peer was disappointed and supportive of mm -hmm. the one who got it <laughs> the other one I can not see what's so coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah and he would actively try to derail meetings any chance he got to undercut her mm -hmm. and she came to me saying i need help getting respect what do i need to do and as we talked more i found that she actually had a lot of self-doubt yeah. and she was worried about, am I the right person in this role? And so it's like this other guy uh, could sniff it out like a shark yeah. sniffing out blood in the ocean and, and just went straight for it. So we, instead of working on respect, how do you get, how do you demand respect, yeah. gain respect? We focused it on how does she feel more confident? So we looked at past successes and we you know, had her make a list of everything she had accomplished in her life up to that point that she was really proud of. And just that one action alone, she was able to look at that list and step back and think, wow, if I was reading this about somebody else, I would be really impressed. Yeah. And once we were able to get her feeling more confident, what naturally happened was this guy started to back off. It was mm -hmm. really amazing. And I think there was probably one time where she directly called him out on his behavior. But other than that, just by her exhibiting more confidence, he started showing more respect. And, yeah. and so that's just an, one example of a, a very data-driven, task-focused leader but by pausing and looking internally, she was able to then change the behavior of others on her team. And what was the result? Higher team performance, more task completion on time. I mean, it, it's just, you can't have one without the other. And I love the fact that you said, you know, she came to you and said, how do I gain respect? And as you dive in, you realize it's not about you gaining respect. It's about you believing in yourself, you respecting yourself, you operating in a way that is driven from confidence. And it reminds me, I was just interviewing somebody earlier uh, today for this month's podcast as well. And he said, I love it when people come to me and say, we need, uh, we need to have you help us do some team building ac activities. And he's like, okay, so what's the problem? You know, because it's nobody ever just says, Hey, you know, something fun. Now let's have some team building activities. No, there's, there's something underlying there that causes you to say, Hmm, we need to build a team. And the same thing about somebody saying, how do I gain respect? If you're not gaining respect, you're not operating from, from that sense of confidence. Absolutely. Mm. Man, that's a tough one though. I mean, you know, especially when you have somebody that's trying to undercut them. And I think everybody listening has had somebody try and do that to them at one point in time or another. <laughs> yes, we've all been there at some point. And the best remedy is to get internal and ask yourself what's going on with you and what do you need to do to not let that shake you, leave right. you unshaken. Yeah. 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 Not undermine your confidence even more. Absolutely. So, you know, what are your suggestions and for people to continue to build on their leadership confidence and, and their ability to, you know, make themselves a, a stronger leader by some of the, uh, the principles that you teach? 
one thing I work on a lot with clients is helping them be clear about what is theirs to own and what is not theirs to own. Oh. And, um, and I'd say this is a problem I've found with men and women who <laughs> have a tendency to just have the weight of the world on their shoulders. It's my job to be superwoman or superman and, and just take care of everything. And not only can you not do that, <laughs> but you are actually impeding the growth of the people around you by doing so. So for example, I was working recently with an economist and this economist had some direct reports and the direct report kind of got into this like argument, I guess, with somebody else not on the team. And then the direct report came to my leader and just wanted to just blah, <laughs> like here's mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I'm so frustrated and da, 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 da. And what was funny to me was I noticed that this isn't the first time that we've talked about this direct report coming and just dumping mm -hmm. and then walking right back out. And so I asked my client, what is the benefit of this happening? And he thought about it and he was like, I don't know, because <laughs> he says that leaves me feeling like I've got to do something to fix it. And then she walks out of my office thinking, well, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, but actually, I, just, I just handed it off. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and then nothing's changed, no action taken, it just happens again and again. So I, we went through a tool that I like using that helps break down when someone's just all caught up in the drama of a situation, yeah. it slows them down to thinking about, okay, what are the actual facts of what happened? What are my feelings about it? What judgments have I made? So like, have I decided so-and-so is a jerk, for example? I don't want to work with so-and-so anymore. Um, any, anything that comes from those feelings that you have about what happened. And then you identify what is it that you want in this scenario? And then mm -hmm. what are you willing to do to have that? And what I love about that is it really is up to the individual person to decide really what am I willing to do? So I had the leader use this model with the direct report and uh, I haven't actually, this just recently happened. So I'm anxious to hear the outcome, but where we left it off was that either she was going to decide that she wanted a more harmonious workplace and to not get stressed out about this situation every time it happens, mm -hmm. or she can choose to not do anything, but recognize that it is an intentional choice. And that mm -hmm. if she chooses to do that, then she's going to need to just hold on to that herself. And it's not fair mm -hmm. to go and then just dump on everybody around. So it right. honors the choice that people have. And, and it reminds my clients that you can't change somebody else. You can give them options, but at the end of the day, it's up to us to just back off and let consequences fall where they may. And once mm -hmm. leaders figure that out, it will take so much stress, so much mm -hmm. stress off of you. Just you're the leader, you're the guide, but it's not up to you to make everybody this perfect person that really right. a lot of people are never going to become. Well, and I call those crisis uh, grenades. Like, so when somebody's like, hey, I've got this crisis, I'm going to pull the pin out of it. I'm going to tell you the whole thing and I'm going to lob it over to you. And now you, there you go. You're mm. welcome. 
And, you know, if we continue to catch those crisis grenades without saying, hey, put the pin back in that thing, you know, <laughs> I was going to bring- say, I, what I teach my clients to do is take that tennis racket and just lob it right back. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know what? This is not how this is going to operate because otherwise I'm carrying all your drama. And that's, you know, I mean, I think you said move away from the drama. And I love that. I'm, I'm so anti-drama. I hate, I hate drama and I don't want people to pull me into drama I don't need to be pulled into because it's exhausting and it doesn't lead to great outcomes. Exactly. And so as a leader, and actually no matter where you are on the totem pole, it, you've got to have boundaries and be mm -hmm. clear about what is okay. And if you continually let people just call and dump on you, then that will keep happening. And that's yeah. part of my story of, you know, I got this reputation of, oh, any challenging situation, we're going to let Jen fix it. And whether mm -hmm. it was a difficult employee or a mm -hmm. difficult client or a difficult project or all three combined. And mm -hmm. even though I was really good at handling those situations, it once it became my life, I just, I was always exhausted. Yeah. And I, I'd love to go back in time, I think sometimes to just re- do some of those situations and see what the outcome would have been had I been much more clear about, okay, this is my responsibility. This is the client's responsibility. This is the employee's responsibility and, and be okay with whatever choices those other people make. Right. And I'm clear about my choices and my boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important. And, and as you know, as people get better and stronger as, as leaders, those boundaries become more and more immovable. And, you know, therefore you're able to do more because you've created the right systems, you've created the right mindset, and you've taught those around you to respect the boundaries. Yes. Yes. Yep. I love it. Um, Jenna, I know we can, uh, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, cause they're like, I think this is the woman I need to work with. What's the best way for them to reach you? I would love for you to go to my website, which is ambitionleadership.com. I have right on my homepage, a way that you can reach out to me for a complimentary consulting session, or you can check out my events page and see what I've got coming up. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yes. One more thing is as you are watching your own burnout, then also be looking at your direct reports. And one mm. thing I've noticed is I worked with a leader recently um, and I was talking to a direct report who said, while the, um, he says things about taking care of yourself and only limiting your work hours to however many hours a day, but then this senior leader himself is on email like 24 seven and yeah. So if he sends out an email at 11 o'clock at night, his direct reports feel this obligation to, oh, I better see it. Is it anything? And they're getting back to work, even though they've long finished their workday. Yeah. So before you chastise your direct reports for not having good enough boundaries and avoiding burnout, look at your own behaviors and ask yourself, am I modeling what I'm asking them to do? Because if you're not they're not going to, they don't want to let you down and that's how they're right. going to see it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely right. You have to look at yourself in the mirror first and fix what's in that reflection. <laughs> I love it, Jen. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure having you as a guest. Oh, I've loved being here and I hope some of the stuff we've talked about can be really helpful to your audience. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.